Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw. Steps up. Floats a bomb up the right seam. Looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. To the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Pass thrown. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Qinator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. This is the legal tampering period, day number one of free agency. Unofficially, the first official day of free agency begins in two days. But right now we are going to talk about what happened during the legal tampering period. A weird day for the Jets. Of course, I bring in the man who is our Jets insider, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, I don't know exactly what Joe Douglas's plan is. I know that he wants to put an emphasis on building through the draft. And in general, that's a smart decision. But there were some pieces here that needed to be filled out on the offensive line because there's no <coughs> way they're going to rebuild the entire O-line through the draft. Even if you think you can get four long-term starters in the draft, the odds of those guys being able to start day one are very, very slim. So this was a very odd day. The three offensive linemen that everybody was talking about, Graham Glasgow, Joe Tooney, and Jack Conklin all came off the board one by one. The stunning news was Joe Tooney getting franchise tagged by the Patriots. None of us saw that coming. And by the way, that blows that theory straight into the river. 
that the Patriots can just get any offensive lineman. And if Joe Tooney was so good, why wouldn't Bill Belichick try to keep him? There you go. Franchise tag for Joe Tooney. And then Graham Glasgow goes to Denver. I don't know if that was a matter of the Jets not paying more than what Denver paid, which is four years, $44 million and $26 million guaranteed, which actually seems pretty reasonable to me for a guy that can play three different positions. Or if it was just that Glasgow chose Denver over the Jets, it could be that Adam Gase was a deterrent. I don't know. And then Jack Conklin. We had talked about not overpaying Jack Conklin, but Conklin only ended up getting three years, $42 million with 30 guaranteed. I'm going to talk a little bit about why I think they didn't sign him or make a stronger push. But when you look at it in the aggregate, I get missing out on each one of them one by one. But they had to make at least a couple of moves here to do something on the offensive line. Because, Chris, I think the worst nightmare here is they could go out and sign Jason Peters. If they don't do that, though, who's the next best left tackle? Kelvin Beecham? Okay. We've already heard that they want to bring back Alex Lewis. It seems pretty clear to me that the best guard available at this point is probably Brian Winters. And if not, who is it? Greg Van Roten, who's a 30-year-old journeyman who maybe is as good as Winters. The only real advantage he has over Winters is that he's healthier. And Stefan Wisniewski, who's been a backup the last two years... I just don't really understand what the logic is here because realistically, you're looking at keeping Winters, bringing back Lewis, bringing back Beecham, center, maybe you draft somebody, the other tackle spot, maybe you draft somebody, maybe those guys are ready to play day one. I would hope the tackle would be if you draft one at 11, but maybe they're not. And ultimately, you end up with mostly the same line that you had in 2019, which is the exact scenario that you were hoping to avoid. Yeah, I mean, because this is... You you had to think I thought that they were coming out out away with at least one of those top three guys, whether it was Thune, Conklin, or Glasgow. I think I was thinking at least one of them. I thought there might have even been a chance that they could have gone with two of them, but they I figured they had to get at least one of them, and then maybe a McGovern who's still out there, um, you know, and then maybe get some other guys as depth, uh, you know, as possible starters, but depth. But right now, the way you're looking at it, you, Jason Peters is still out there. There's still the possibility to trade for Trent Williams, although that might not cost you a ton in draft capital, but it's going to cost a lot of money uh, in cap capital. So they can still make those moves. But if they don't, if, like, we're sitting here now – and there's also, for to be honest, especially now the way this has started out and looked, I feel like we've been too optimistic about their chances of definitely being able to land one of the top four offensive linemen at 11. So we've, we should probably start bracing for the reality that maybe they won't be able to land the top four. Now, again, maybe they love Josh Jones or Austin Jackson, and maybe they have them ranked higher than one of those guys. But we should start bracing for that possibility uh, that none of those top four guys are going to be there too. Um, I tweeted about this earlier, and I said this is how I'm looking at it now. Joe Douglas is taking the normally correct approach to free agency and building through free agency. The problem is Darnold going into year three, you have to be willing to budge a little to upgrade the line and give him a chance. If you don't do that, if you're, if we're basically just running the same offensive lineman back with uh, maybe an, uh, a 
a tackle at 11, maybe a, a possibility you get a guy in the middle rounds who might be able to come in and start and play. Um, but you're basically running that back. Then that's yet another year of us not being able to properly evaluate Sam Darnold. That's yet another year of the other beat reporters telling you, how can you blame Adam Gase? Look at this offensive line. Um, and by, with, by taking this approach, which again is normally a correct approach, um, but at this rate, they're not going to have anything resembling a, a solid enough team around Darnold until they have to pay, decide if they're going to pay Darnold or not again. So this, I, I get what he's doing. Normally I like that strategy. That is the right move, but I, it's terrible for Darnold. And then it's, I can just see down the line sitting here wondering what to do with Darnold. Do you resign him? Do you go elsewhere? And I just, I just don't like it. I like, I get it and I understand it, but it just doesn't sit right with me. Um, because it just feels kind of like you're punting and we're right back to last year where again, not just the media, but Gase was basically like, Hey, what do you want me to do with this offensive line? And now we're just going to run it back with a slightly upgraded version at best of it. That's, that's gotta be concerning. The last time that the Jets had a really strong offensive line, if you remember, it was a combination of high investments in free agency and in the draft, and then also getting lucky a little bit with Brandon Moore. So the core of that line for that run was Brandon Moore at guard along with Alan Fanico, who they brought in as a free agent. Now, Fanico was 31 years old when the Jets signed him, so it wasn't in his absolute prime, but he was still coming off an all-pro season with Pittsburgh, so he was one of the best guards in the league. They also brought in Damian Woody, who was a really good tackle and a Super Bowl champion, and this was after they had drafted Nick Mangold at number 29 overall and Debrickashaw Ferguson at number four overall two years prior. So you put all of that together, and you've got yourself a really good offensive line. You've got the two veterans, the two young guns, and then Brandon Moore, who found his way in there. And you had five guys that were really strong starters. And ever since then, the Jet offensive line has gotten worse and worse and worse to the point where last year it was probably the worst since the Jets actually <coughs> built that old line up from 2006 to 2008. And so, yes, ultimately, if you had the choice, you'd love to draft five good starters for the offensive line. But I think that you had to realize here that the realistic possibility of getting that many starters, let alone that many that could start right away, isn't that high. And I know that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And that's why I wasn't for overpaying Jack Conklin. I said I'd rather get Jason Peters for a year or two. And if they do that, that'll help, certainly. I can't really get too upset about Tooney because as much as we all wanted him, he got franchise tagged, nothing they can do. Smart move by Belichick, by the way, because Chris, as you said, the two teams that it looked like were going to be most in play for Tooney were the Dolphins and the Jets. So Belichick swoops in, franchise tags Tooney, and now his two division rivals are out of play for their number one choice of free agent. And then you had Conklin, who I thought for the price, three years, 42 million, 30 guaranteed, was reasonable value. I get that 
the Jets didn't really like Conklin as much as a lot of people thought, according to Manish, and he's going to try to come on either later this week or early next week. The Jets just didn't think much of Conklin, especially in pass protection. They thought he was below average there. And I did have to laugh, though, and I teased Manish about this. He wrote, Conklin wasn't a good fit for Gase's pass-first offense. I'd love to know who's running a run-first offense in the NFL in the year 2020. Maybe you could find one or two teams, but almost every team is a pass-first offense at this point. Point is, I understand it. You could at least explain away Conklin. Glasgow's the one I don't understand. Unless he just didn't want to come here. Because four years, $44 million, with $26 million guarantee seems absolutely reasonable for a guy that could start at three different positions. Because then, listen, you get Jason Peters, you get Graham Glasgow, and now you go and draft that rookie at 11. Maybe you get another guy in the draft, either at center or guard. Then you can live with Alex Lewis, or you can live with keeping Brian Winters. And you hope that Chuma Doga eventually grows into the role where he can start next to the rookie after Peters is gone. But now you don't have any of that. I don't know if they're going to be able to get Peters or even if they want to get Peters. I have no idea if he's on their radar. So this is a situation where you could go into next season, as I said, with a couple of rookies crossing your fingers and then the rest of the line, the same guys that were so bad in 2019. We're going to have to see what the Jets do. I'll tell you this, though. If they go out and sign Stefan Wisniewski and or Greg Van Roten, that is not helping one iota. However, Chris, I will tell you this. The Jets have more or less punted on the opportunity to upgrade on the offensive line in free agency, barring, as I said, signing Jason Peters, which would help a little bit, but they still needed to do a little bit more than that. Right now, Joe Douglas is pushing his chips all the way into the center of the table and betting that he can make the moves that he needs to make in the draft to really build up this offensive line in 2020 and beyond. Again, that's a real rough bet because you're betting on a couple of rookies to come in and be impactful right away. But as we know, the formula in the NFL that is most commonly going to lead you to success. Now, obviously there are outliers here. If you have somebody like Patrick Mahomes, as we saw in the Super Bowl, this doesn't necessarily apply. But the two easiest ways to be able to win in the NFL are to kill the other team's quarterback and to keep your quarterback upright. So Joe Douglas has his work cut out for him in terms of keeping his quarterback upright, but there's still one move that he could make that could at least mitigate the other problem of killing the other team's quarterback. That's Dante Fowler. As of this recording, he's still out there. I really hope that Joe Douglas at least does something to try and get him. Yeah, well, uh, first let me just go... Uh... Quickly, this, just remember, I've been talking about when it comes to replacing Robbie Anderson, how a lot of fans think, oh, well, this is just such a great receiver draft. Just draft the receivers and they'll be fine. And how you can't just count on rookie receivers all the time, even though there were some really good ones last year. You got to, that applies to offensive line as well. And you got to remember, with all that's going on right now and how we're probably not going to get regular mini camps this year, training camp might be delayed. It's going to be even harder for rookies to come in and make an impact. So Joe Douglas could hit it out the park and, and draft two or even three really good offensive linemen in this draft, but you're probably not going to see the dividends on that right away this season. Um, but now on the flip side of that, we were talking about this before we started recording. If you're going and looking at Wisniewski 
and Van Rotten, and I'm calling him Van Rotten, and this isn't me saying, trying to do wordplay to say he's rotten. Van Rotten's just a much cooler name, and I'd be much interest, more interested in signing somebody named Van Rotten over Van Roten. So I'm just going to go with Van Rotten for right now. <laughs> um, but if, if I'm considering those two guys, I, I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to spend my money addressing uh, going and getting Dexter Fowler going and getting a couple of cornerbacks and I'm just going to spend the money there. And then I'm going to spend every draft pick I have in rounds one through five on offensive line and receiver. Like I, I go sign Fowler, go sign a couple corners, bring back uh, Brian Poole, bring back Robbie Anderson and all draft capital offensive line and receiver. That that's what I do. And it's for what you're saying right now. The, Best possible – I mean, I don't want to say splash because Dexter Fowler is not really a splash, but, like, we're uh, – you know, they uh, – Kyle Van Noy ended up signing with the Dolphins, and I saw a lot of people talking about this on Twitter, and people weren't very enthusiastic about it. I would have really liked it and thought it was a solid move, like, in the vacuum. If that was the only player that they came away with, it's not going to move the needle, though. So – uh you know, that's whatever. But Dexter, uh, Dante Fowler, uh, I, w- I want to call him a uh, Colorado Rockies player from <laughs> a few years ago. Um, uh, but Dante Fowler, he, with the the defensive line the Jets already have here, he could come in and make a difference. Um, now, he's probably not going to put up crazy sack numbers. And fans will, the, the one reason that I, I will be a little relieved at the Jets don't sign him is at least then I won't have to listen to uh, fans complain when he doesn't get 20 sacks because he, <laughs> that's it. Um, but he could come in here and actually make an impact because of everybody else around here. So if I'm choosing between Wisniewski and Van Rotten, no, just I'm just going to take that money and I'm going to go ahead and make sure I get Fowler. But the problem with me, me even thinking that way is right now it's very clear that Joe Douglas is sitting here saying uh, doing the whole the old thing of I'm putting a value on a player and I'm not going over it and like that's the funny thing about Conklin because we were all talking about it me you and Nanny we were all in agreement that yes Conklin would be a, an upgrade and you're not going to be upset at getting him but you really wouldn't want to pay him the 18 million that we were thinking he was going to get. There was even some reports suggesting he might get close to 20 million. Well, he only signed for 14 million per. And with everything else that they had to do, and I get the deficiencies in his game, but at 14 million per, yeah, I'd probably do that. Um, even with the deficiencies in his game. Uh, but Joe, if, and, and I tweeted this before, I said if Joe Douglas. Uh, didn't value uh, Conklin at $14 million per, then Joe Douglas didn't value Conklin. It, it's that simple. He couldn't have a, a possibly thought he had a realistic chance of signing him and not being willing to go over 14 per. So uh, it's very clear and obvious that Joe Douglas is setting a value on players and not willing to budge on it, which, again, I think is a – normally an excellent strategy but that's when you're like coming from a team that has a history of being able to draft at least competently and uh, like make competent moves and then to spend like you know a fifth round draft pick on Calais Campbell make those types of moves 
you can afford to set that uh, value and not go over it when you have that type of uh, his- recent history behind you. The Jets haven't done anything well or right, except for like Jamal Adams, Sam Darnold, and I'll even give him Robbie Anderson. That's like all they've gotten right over the past decade. So it, it's really hard to use that long-term strategy when you're digging yourself out of a hole. Speaking of Robbie Anderson, by the way, Chris, I was talking to Manish, and I know that he tweeted something about this, but he said that the Jets are offering, and I'm going to quote him directly here, laughably below market value contracts to the internal free agents, meaning most notably Poole, Beecham, Jenkins, Robbie Anderson. Now, per Connor Hughes and a couple of others, it looks like the Jets are out of the running for Jordan Jenkins, but it sounds like they were never really in the running, that they didn't actually want him back. I'm fine with that because Jordan Jenkins is an okay player, but they needed to move on. He's one of those guys that is a solid edge setter, but he was never going to be more than that. They need somebody that can actually get to the quarterback and pressure him consistently. Jenkins was never going to be that guy. He's never been that guy, so that's fine. Let him move on, and whatever money he's going to get, he's going to get. I do think it's crazy because they were saying at one point that he might get 12 or $13 million. If that happens, I really don't know what's going on. If he's getting the same money as Jack Conklin, but who knows? This is a crazy market. Rumor is that the Giants are very interested, so I would think it would be a good laugh for Jets fans and at least a nice consolation prize for them if the Giants end up spending somewhere between 25 and $30 million a year on Jordan Jenkins and Leonard Williams. But ultimately, if this results in all four of those guys leaving, Jenkins doesn't bother me much, neither does Beecham, would like to keep Poole, would like to keep Anderson. Again, I understand the philosophy of not wanting to spend big overall in free agency, and the old saying is, just because you won free agency in March doesn't mean that you're going to win games when the regular season starts. And unquestionably, the teams that spend the most have often not had the best results. But there's nothing wrong with spending some money on some needed pieces. That's what free agency is for. And if they end up not bringing back any of those guys, and if they end up not really spending money on anyone of consequence... Again, I know that Joe Douglas is putting all his chips in the center of the table in the draft, but free agency exists for a reason. Even the Green Bay Packers, who were the exception for many years, finally wised up and went out and got to Darius Smith and Preston Smith last year. There's a reason to use free agency to your advantage, and I just don't know exactly what they're going to do here. It's only day one. We'll see how this shakes out. No reason to panic just yet, but this was definitely an odd first day. Yeah, it's definitely an odd first day, and th- this is how odd the first day is. Cause you brought you brought up uh, Robbie again there after I did, but whatever. Um, <laughs> we we're reaching the point where if they don't, you know, do something like uh, a trade for Trent Williams or probably the smart around uh, Jason Peters, and then address other things, we're reaching the point where I'm almost like, you know what? What's the point of even bringing Robbie back? If you can't protect Sam long enough to get the ball to Robbie, what's the point of that? Uh, if, if you were hesitant about spending money on him, go spend that money elsewhere. And anyone that's been listening to the show knows how I feel about Robbie Anderson. That the, we're, I'm broken. I've been broken at this point. If they don't go ahead and somehow turn it around, that's the point that we've reached is I'm actually sitting here thinking, yeah, they might even not be worth it to bring Robbie back. Now that's a little hyperbolic. And I, 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 I love Robbie. I want to keep covering Robbie. But, I mean, damn, if, if they can't get him the ball, what's the point? 
That's going to be the question. I don't know exactly what they're going to do offensive line-wise. We're going to find out over the next couple days, and then obviously when the draft comes. One thing that you had mentioned earlier and that I think a lot of Jets fans should really consider too is that there are no guarantees the Jets are going to be able to get one of those offensive linemen at number 11, and if they don't, it's going to be rough. Hopefully, if one of those guys isn't available, Joe Douglas has a solid plan B. I don't know what that plan B would be. Maybe he likes Josh Jones enough to draft him there or trade down, but I just hope Joe Douglas knows what he's doing in terms of the offensive line because while I'm not going to get super hyperbolic when it comes to Sam Darnold, there are some people that are going to say, this is it, that's the end of Sam Darnold. It's not great for Sam Darnold. He needs an upgraded offensive line, significantly upgraded offensive line, and they didn't get off to a good start here. So hopefully Joe Douglas figures out a way to do something that will help Sam Darnold going into 2020 and beyond because the clock is ticking on that rookie deal. And as you said, you don't want to get to a point where it's time to make a decision on Sam Darnold and you still don't know what Sam Darnold is because he hasn't had even a reasonably decent offensive line. So let's just hope that Joe Douglas figures out a way to improve this offensive line enough that the team isn't going into opening day on 2020 with all the fans wincing and just hoping that the offensive line can make it through the game and the season and that we're not flashing back to 2018 and 2019, especially 2019. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Chris, let's go around the league and talk about all the other big transactions. First of all, the franchise tags. Dak Prescott was the only one that got the exclusive tags. That means nobody can touch him. He's exclusive property. The Cowboys, they can trade him if they like, but that's it. Nobody can even offer him a contract. Everybody else, if you sign the guy and the other team doesn't match, you would get him, but you'd have to give up two first-round picks. So here are the other players that were franchise tagged today. Cincinnati's A.J. Green. Tennessee's Derrick Henry, Kansas City's Chris Jones makes perfect sense. He's an elite interior defensive lineman. Shaq Barrett for Tampa, guy led the league in sacks last year, so certainly Tampa wasn't going to let him go. Leonard Williams for the Giants. The unfortunate part here, of course, is that unless Leonard Williams signs an extension with the Giants by the start of the league year in two days, he is going to end up only yielding a third and a fifth which is still good. It just would have been nicer if it was a third and a fourth. Yannick Ngakwe is expected for the Jaguars. Hunter Henry for the Los Angeles Chargers. Matthew Judon as expected for Baltimore. Bud Dupree for Pittsburgh. Had a bit of an outlier year. Might have been a Vic Beasley type of year for Bud Dupree this past season, but with the numbers he put up, 
considering where Pittsburgh drafted him, I didn't think there was any chance they were going to let him walk. Brandon Scherf as expected for the Redskins, and then Justin Simmons for Denver. So, Chris, no real surprises here. No, the the surprise I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. Um, uh, There was a big trade that started this all day uh, day off. And I was going to make a joke, Ted, I I made on Twitter to uh, Jets fans. Everyone clamoring for free agency to start. Are you guys happy now? Um, (laughs) Now everybody's all angry the Jets didn't do anything. Um, So I don't know if it was the best for all Jets fans. But uh, after after that big trade that happened, I was just like, you know what? Maybe Goodell should shut it all down. Just shut the season down. There's too much madness going on. But, yeah, there's no surprises with those franchise tags. Um, you know, what, the closest, I guess, is the Derrick Henry, but that's because they were able to get Ryan Tannehill signed long-term beforehand. Um, and then everything else makes all the sense in the world. We kind of saw the, the Leonard Williams thing only makes sense because they are they traded for him and the sunk cost of him. But, I mean, they're paying him top five uh, average salary, and he's – definitely not worth that so but we knew Gettleman was going to stick with that so that's not a surprise either so there's no real surprises in the franchise tag and of course Joe Tooney as we talked about earlier that was what started off the day that was the one that shocked everybody and threw a monkey wrench into the Jets plans and a lot of Jets fans thought that it was an omen and I guess they were right in terms of it not being a great day for the Jets in terms of them trying to upgrade the offensive line. Bills re-signed Quentin Spain to a three-year deal. Really not all that good, but decent enough, so he'll remain on that Bills offensive line. Adam Schefter reporting that the Colts are going to be in on Phillip Rivers makes a lot of sense to me. I think he's still got some good football left in him, had a really bad offensive line with the Chargers last year. That Colts team is pretty good. They've got a really strong roster, and they made another move that was a huge move that we're going to talk about in a little bit that I think makes them a legitimate playoff contender. I'm not saying that Phillip Rivers is the Phillip Rivers from 5 to 10 years ago, but I think he's got enough left that with this expanded playoff format, the Colts will absolutely be right in there in playoff contention. And then we'll see what they do in the draft. Chris Ballard is somebody that you have to trust because he's done so well with his draft picks over the last couple of years. So we'll see what happens there. And then, of course, Chris, a lot of big transactions. Austin Hooper ends up going to Cleveland, so there's Stefanski's second tight end. He'll use him and Njoku. A solid move. Hooper is a good receiving tight end. And then the big trade that you talked about, Chris, this was huge. Cardinals and Texans agreeing on a deal that sent David Johnson to Houston and DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals. The terms of this deal, as per Adam Schefter, DeAndre Hopkins and a late round pick go to the Texans. The Texans send David Johnson and a second rounder. Hopkins is going to get a big fat new contract from Arizona. That's part of the reason why the Texans dealt him. And David Johnson's entire salary is going to be absorbed by Houston, which is really strange. I still think there's something we don't know here, but I will tell you this. If you recall on the podcast in the summer, I mentioned that Mike Lombardi had said on his podcast 
that there was a wide receiver that was available under the radar that if people knew, they would be absolutely shocked. And Chris can back me up on this. A friend of mine who's very plugged into league circles let me in on who that was, and it was DeAndre Hopkins. I told Chris, but I said on the air at the time that I couldn't reveal it because I was sworn to secrecy. Now that the deal's been done, I can say it. I was also told at the time why he was made available, and it was because Bill O'Brien and other members of the coaching staff think that DeAndre Hopkins has a foul attitude. They think he's a bad influence on Deshaun Watson, and they wanted to get rid of him before he would, quote-unquote, corrupt Deshaun Watson. So you can decide for yourself what that means, if that's just Bill O'Brien's spin, or if there's actually an attitude problem with DeAndre Hopkins. I don't cover the Texans, so I really couldn't tell you. But on the surface, at least, on paper, this seems insane because you're trading one of the best offensive weapons in the league and you're only getting a second-round pick. And David Johnson, now don't get me wrong, David Johnson, when he was healthy a couple of years ago, was outstanding, but he hasn't been the same since the injury. He's making a ton of money, so this just seems strange. And there's got to be something we don't know here because there's no way that other teams wouldn't have made better offers than this, even if they wanted to keep him out of the AFC. You have to figure that, for instance, a team like the Eagles, desperate at wide receiver and ready to win right now, would have made a significant offer for DeAndre Hopkins. So something's going on here, but yeah, what a crazy trade that ended up being, Chris. DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona. Kyler Murray has got to be a very happy man right now. I can confirm that you that you said this uh, to me a while ago. Uh, so... I can I can definitely confirm that, but uh, this is just nuts. Uh, I there's no way you can justify this trade to me. Uh, there, it's just it's there's no way to justify it. Like uh, you're David Johnson and that that contract form for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, what are you doing? Uh, this is the third running back Bill O'Brien's traded for in the like the past like. I forget how long it was, but not a long time. Uh, he, tra- he had like he traded for Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde last year. Uh, they have no draft picks left. They've uh, got rid of Clowney and Dwayne Brown, and then they brought in Laramie Tunzel. Uh, I have enough uh, criticism of Bill O'Brien as a coach. It, the, him as a GM is just an outright disaster. I I don't even know where to begin for that. Chris, with that, I'm going to jump in for a second because we've got breaking news. The Jets have made a signing at offensive line after we were talking about how we were wondering what they were going to do. It's not Jason Peters, though. It's George Fant. George Fant has started 24 games over the last three seasons. I know that Brian Schottenheimer likes to use the sixth tackle, so he got more playing time than most backup linemen do. But he's basically a swing tackle. He was below average in a part-time role. On a really bad offensive line, three years, $30 million, with almost $14 million guaranteed. I'm sorry, Chris, I don't know what's going on here. I mean, if you're looking at me to explain this to you, we're going to be here for a while. Because George Fant is, is not the answer. Um, George Fant, uh, three years, 10 per... But only thirteen, whatever of it is, is guaranteed. But that's that's way too much. Like <laughs> the the Seahawks have been an atrocious offensive line for a year, a couple of years. They got a little bit better last year, but still 
still not good. Um, and he hasn't even been able to play on that line. Um, this, this is not good. I, I, the, the, the most, the thing that's breaking my brain right now is how this matches up with not being <clears throat> willing to pay for Conklin or uh, Glasgow. Um, you're telling me that 14 was too high for Conklin, which I, I could get on board with. But if you're telling me that 10 is good enough for, for fans, then give me Conklin. And I know that the idea here is for Fant to be a left tackle, but my brain is broken. This doesn't make sense. How are they going to let get priced out on those guys and will be willing to give up this much for George Fant? Honestly, I don't understand it. And when I first saw that the Jets got Fant, I thought, oh, they went out and traded for Noah Fant. I'm surprised Denver was willing to do that. You can put them together with Herndon next year, and you can have a pretty exciting young tight end duo. And then I saw George Fant, and I'm like, what? I'm not really sure what's going on here. I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of people that are going to do the appeal to authority and say, what the heck do you or I or anyone else know? Joe Douglas is an offensive lineman, and if he wants George Fant, then damn it, we should trust him. And I'm not saying that Joe Douglas has lost my trust completely. I just don't like the move. I don't know what else to tell you. This is a guy who was a swing tackle and performed poorly in a part-time role on a bad offensive line. I just don't see why you would give him $10 million a year with $14 million guaranteed to come in here and, I don't know, either be insurance for whoever they draft or even be a starter. I'm just so confused by this. Yeah, again, if you're looking at me to explain this to you, we're going to be in trouble. I just, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe maybe if I have some time to think of it, who am I kidding? I'm not, this isn't going to make sense um, as I think about it either. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, now, listen, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Um, may, and I'm certainly not going to sit here and say that I know more about offensive line than Joe Douglas, and I am also not going to sit here and say that I've watched as much tape uh, on George Fant as Joe Douglas. So may maybe I'm going to be en end up being wrong here, and I'm going to feel silly for my reaction. <clears throat> but right now, I just can't make heads or tails of this. It just doesn't make sense to me why. why. I mean, I guess how much cheaper can you really get for uh, an offensive lineman, a tackle? So, but it's not, it's not even the money that I'm really objecting to. It's just George Fant. I just don't understand it. I don't really know what else to say, Chris. I think we should just move on because listen, like you said, let's hope that Joe Douglas is right and that he turns out to be this undiscovered gem. It's certainly possible, but I just, I don't understand it, especially when you know you needed established players to help lift Sam Darnold in 2020. I'm so confused why they would go out and spend $10 million a year with 14 guaranteed on this guy. As I was joking to you earlier when we were talking about what this offensive line could look like in 2020, I think this joke applies. What happened? They couldn't sign Branquale to a contract extension. Tom Compton wasn't available for a long-term extension. 
I hope this works out better than we think it will, but holy cow, was that a weird move. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Chris, now that we've broken in to talk about the Jets, let's talk more about what went on around the league. We both were perplexed by that DeAndre Hopkins trade. Maybe we'll find out that there was something more to it, maybe not. But right now, it's both good news and bad news for the Jets. Good news because it gets one of the best receivers in the league out of the AFC and hurts a potential competitor for a wild card spot, the Houston Texans. But it's also bad because now the Jets have to play him because they have to play Arizona. And on top of it, it's bad because that means that Arizona is almost certain to take an offensive tackle now with their first pick at number eight overall. Let's get into the rest of these moves now. According to Adam Schefter, teams have approached the Jaguars for weeks about Nick Foles. The Jags have been unwilling to trade him so far. Chicago, in particular, apparently really likes Foles. They want either him or Andy Dalton. I'm not so sure why the Jaguars would be so stuck on Nick Foles, considering that they benched him for Gardner Minshew. But then again, most of what the Jaguars have done the last couple of years hasn't made any sense. So why should this move be any different? Yeah, uh, the the Jags the Jags are gonna jag. Uh, they've we talked about this before. They they have uh, made wrong move after wrong move, um, and just completely dismantled the team that they had in the AFC Championship a couple years ago. And that really all started with the decision to just keep rolling with Bortles, uh, even though it was clear that they didn't trust Bortles to to hold on to that lead against the Patriots in that game. Um, but yeah, that that's my, I mean, I don't know. I, I cover the jets. So how critical can I really be of the Jags at this point? JPP stays in Tampa two years, $27 million. Sure. Why not? As I said, Chicago looking at getting Andy Dalton or Nick Foles. I suppose they're both better than Mitch Trubisky, but I don't really know exactly what those guys are supposed to do for Chicago. Britt Colquitt signs a three-year, $9 million extension, setting the bar for the obvious Lachlan Edwards massive contract that he's going to get with the Jets because, as we know, Lachlan Edwards is not only a really good punter, but the greatest holder in the history of professional football. Here's a huge trade. So there wasn't just one blockbuster today. There were two, and this one blew me away. I didn't see it coming. The Colts, who very rarely are willing to trade away draft picks. In fact, my buddy George Bremer, who covers the Colts for CNHI Sports and the Herald Bulletin, 
cracked me up because he always says, this is his line every time we talk about the Colts, when I was asking him about whether they'd be interested in Leonard Williams, he says, maybe, but you know, Ballard loves them picks, and he doesn't give them up very easily, but this time, he decided that it was worth it, and that's because he got one of the best players in all of professional football, and that is defensive tackle DeForest Buckner from the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers reached an agreement to keep Armstead earlier in the day, so I guess they decided they didn't want to pay both Armstead and Buckner, and Buckner already has agreed to a massive extension for $21 million a year with the Colts, but I'll tell you something, Chris. I love this deal for the Colts. 26 years old, in the prime of his career, one of the absolute best players in the league, just an absolute dominant force. As I was saying to you before we started recording, reminds me of what Calais Campbell was like 10 years ago. This is somebody who can make an incredible difference on any team, let alone a team like the Colts who should be in the playoff mix. And now the 49ers will go into the draft looking either to replace Buckner, which I think would probably be a mistake, or they can go and get themselves an offensive weapon. I think that's probably the better move for San Francisco. But this was stunning. I didn't see this happening. Love the deal for the Colts. 49ers didn't want to pay both guys. And that's really the blessing and the curse of having too many talented players. You can't pay them all. So once they paid Armstead, they decided that they had to make a move with Buckner. 13th pick overall in the draft. Wow, what an impactful trade on both sides of this. Yeah, you know, I, this definitely caught me off guard when it happened, but it's one of those things that as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, this makes all the sense in the world. Uh, from the Colts' point of view, at least. Um, we, we've we talked about this in the past because uh, we were talking about the possibility of the Colts trading for Leonard Williams, remember, around the deadline. Um, <clears throat> and yeah. Uh, they they don't like to uh, Ballard doesn't like to give up those picks, but this year they're up against the salary cap floor. They've they've been under it so much, and they really have to get up over that salary cap floor, and they have to spend money. So to go ahead and give up a draft pick for somebody as good as DeForest Buckner, and then to pay him, that makes all the sense in the world from the Colts' point of view. Uh, from from a 49ers, it's I. They're, they're bound to face a little bit of regression on defense as is. But now, all of a sudden, without DeForest Buckner there, I, I think they're, you're going to see them regress and slip back a little bit more than people were expecting. I don't think you can expect Nick Bosa to just have the same type of season he did. DeForest Buckner is really like the engine of that defense, making everything go. He's that good. <clears throat> and it's everything starts with him. Uh for, for him to be gone in San Francisco to just be like, we're just going to run it back, uh, I, I don't know about that. So uh, from the Colts side, again, I was just caught off guard as everybody else, but I completely understood it right away. 49 years aside, the more I think about it, I, the more I don't like it. Yeah, I don't love it either, Chris, but you know how it is. You can't pay everybody, so they decided they were going to pay Armstead and once that happened. They couldn't pay Buckner. I probably would have franchise tagged Armstead and then traded him rather than trading Buckner, but so it goes. And now Buckner goes to the Indianapolis Colts. By the way, Michael Nania coming through 
with his trademark stats. DeForest Buckner was tied for seventh among interior defensive linemen in pressures, in addition to, of course, being an elite run defender. So that's who the Colts are getting. I absolutely love the deal for them. Big V, Vitae, I can't even attempt to pronounce his first name, but he's a guy that never started more than 10 games in a season for the Eagles, but showed some promise as the first guy in off the bench on the offensive line, played some guard, played some tackle. He signs a five-year, $50 million deal with the Detroit Lions, possibly to replace Graham Glasgow, who left. We talked about him going to the Broncos. The Browns signed Case Keenum to a three-year, $18 million deal, $10 million guaranteed. I like that. That's a solid backup move, somebody that gives you an option behind Baker Mayfield in case something happens to your starting quarterback. Dennis Kelly returns to the Titans on a three-year, $21 million deal, $8.75 million guaranteed. He was the swing tackle for Tennessee, so he comes back with an opportunity to compete to take over the job that Jack Conklin just vacated. James Bradbury, who we all said we did not want the Jets to overpay. They did not. The Giants did that instead, as is Dave Gettleman's <coughs> usual MO. Three years, $45 million, $32 million guaranteed. Oh, boy. Byron Jones, a huge contract with the Miami Dolphins. Five years, $82.5 million, $57 million guaranteed. $40 million in the first two years. As I said to you before, Chris, I wouldn't go out and give this kind of money to a cornerback. But if you're going to, Byron Jones makes sense. And Miami now has themselves another excellent defensive back. So they've got two top-notch cornerbacks now with Byron Jones and the returning Xavier Howard. The Dolphins also signed Kyle Van Oy, so they take him away from the Patriots. Sure looks to me like Brian Flores is building a defense in his image there down in Miami. Yeah, he's, he's definitely looking to do that. Uh, and they're out here spending money. I mean, just look at that. With spending that on Byron Jones, who I do think is excellent, uh, that's that's pricier than you would want. But we've talked about this free agency. That's how you do. And they, they now have the, the highest paid and the second highest paid cornerbacks in the NFL. So uh, they're, they're re- trying to replicate the, uh, you know, the Revis uh, Cromartie experiment way. Uh, but that – well, we still have to see Xavier Howard got himself into some trouble in the offseason, so we'll have to see that plays out. But uh, they're spending a lot of money. They're making some moves, so we'll have to see how that, that turns out, what they do with all their draft picks. But, uh, you know, Flores looks like he's a good coach, knows what he's doing, and Miami might be a lot tougher than we expected. But, you know, we'll wait and see. They're one of these teams winning free agency, and we know how that tends to work out. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But, yeah. By the way, I don't want to alarm anybody, but I just got a text from Michael Lania. He ran the numbers. Now, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I'm just going based on what he said. His exact words to me were, from what I could gather, the Jets basically just signed Ben Ijelana for three years, $30 million, with $14 million guaranteed. So let's just hope that Fant is better than advertised because, oh boy, if that's how he ends up performing... This is not going to be a good look. I, I can add to this and pile on. Uh, Sam Monson from PFF, PFF Sam, um, when Schefter tweeted it out, uh, he said, oh, no, I'm so, so sorry, Jets fans. <laughs> a Jet fan said, oh, no, not a good signing. Help a Jets fan out here with more info on Fant, please. Sam says he got benched from one of the worst offensive lines in the mm-hmm. NFL in Seattle. 
became a six offensive lineman, extra tight end, and was dot, 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 okay. Uh, that about says it all. I guess if he could be dot, 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 okay with the Jets, that would be the best we could all hope for, and that's kind of depressing, actually. Rounding out the rest of the signings, Michael Brockers gets a three-year, $30 million deal with $21 million guaranteed with the Ravens. So the Ravens continue to invest on that defensive line. Former Jet Justin Burris goes to the Panthers, two years, $8 million. Jimmy Graham to the Bears, two years, $16 million, $9 million guaranteed. Not really sure what that's about, but okay, whatever. And to round things out, Jamie Collins signs with the Lions, makes some sense. If he wasn't going to be with the Patriots, he'd figure he'd want to be with somebody whose system he's familiar with. So he reunites with Matt Patricia in Detroit. And as we wrap things up, breaking news, two receivers have new homes. Well, actually, one has a new home. The other is staying put on a new contract. Amari Cooper signs a five-year, $100 million contract to stay in Dallas. It's a big move for them because now that they franchise tag Dak Prescott, they've got his number one wide receiver back intact. They lose their star cornerback Byron Jones to the Dolphins earlier in the day, but they lock up Amari Cooper. So big news there in Dallas. And the other big news, unfortunate for the Jets, because Stefan Diggs just got traded to the Buffalo Bills. So Josh Allen has himself a legitimate number one wide receiver now. We will have more details on that trade tomorrow. But as of right now, it appears that it is going to be a first, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth to Minnesota in exchange for Diggs and a seventh. So a big deal for the Bills, a big deal for the Cowboys as we wait to see what happens in day number two of the legal tampering period. Chris, thanks so much for coming on to join me for day number one of the legal tampering period. As always, really appreciate it. Make sure that you're following Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.